I go against Cobra the enemy, fight to save the day. He never gets up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Welcome to the Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 9, Ninjas Wet Their Pants. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. And uh, it's actually been a little bit of time, Chuck, since the last time we recorded. It has been a while. We uh, we were actually on a good pace there of, like, I think every six days we were releasing Yeah, we episode. had a nice <laughs> schedule going until the holidays and our vacations and... Uh, Wives returned from Yeah, and <laughs> it all got messed up, but we're back. Yes, we are back. We are back. I don't know again after this episode how long it'll be, but... Back and wetting our pants. Well, yes. <laughs> you can... I'm not a ninja. I don't wet my pants. I used to be a ninja, <laughs> but I let it go. You let a lot of things go. I have let a lot oh, of things go. Oh! All right, so... I'll let the comment go. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, a lot. Last episode we talked about my wife found a dog on Craigslist. Right. Uh, we no longer have a dog. Yeah, that changed quickly. That lasted a lot one day. <laughs> uh... Well, what, what happened with that? The dog kept growling at me and barking at me, and it wouldn't stop, and it kind of was nipping at the babysitter, so my wife thought it would be a good idea to just probably return it. But it was it. fine with your wife? It was fine with the wife and kids. I think it's, it might have been abused or something by a man or something. Or so. it's just a really good judge of character. Either that. Either. Yeah. <laughs> it knows me. Yeah. I didn't have bacon in my pocket like the other people did, so... And I usually carry bacon, which is surprising. Right, right. you always carry bacon. Who don't? Right, exactly. I, I put that in my wallet next to my ones. Bacon. Everything is better with bacon. True. That's a slogan I live my life by. I think we're going to put that on some shirts and sell it or something. <laughs> Star Joe's, internet famous, which absolutely means nothing, and nothing beats bacon. Always better with bacon. Always better with bacon. <laughs> the ultimate condiment, bacon. Yeah, um, maybe once we get a little bit bigger internet famous, maybe we'll start doing shirts or something like yeah. that. Um, or if we get some donations in the donation box, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll send to that. Speaking of which, we've had a lot of people contribute to the show in the past. Yes, we have, and we've got a new uh, we got a new section. Sec- yeah, yeah a new section on our website, which I have to enter people, but I have to hear back from them first. Yeah. Um, Starfighter, I'm going to be reaching out to you soon, probably before you even hear this episode. The forums um, were down a lot. So the forums were down. Delayed a lot. And that was the only way I could reach you, Starfighter. Uh, Rock, I emailed you. Hopefully, you'll be emailing me back. But basically, what we're going to do is we just want to recognize, or uh, in a special way on our website... Those people that have contributed something to the show, whether it's sending us a figure or something like that, or we do have a donate button button on our website yeah. where you can donate money to the show, which helps pay for some of the show costs. There's not a lot of costs, but there is some. There is some involved. Um, so, yeah. And we'd like to do some advertising maybe in the future or something like that. Maybe to, get some t-shirts printed up for some Yeah, who would like them, things like that. Yeah, so if, if you have the spare cash, obviously feel free to donate, but we're not begging you. Yeah, we're, we're not soliciting. It's yeah. not a telethon, guys. Yeah, we're still going to keep doing the show whether or it's not... It's still going to be free. Yeah, whether so. or not you donate, we're still going to do the show. And we might do something around Christmas time where all the donations we receive at that time might go to like Toys for Tots. Yeah. We've kicked that idea Yeah, we out. talked about that idea too because we're all about toys. And every kid should have toys. Every toy should have some yeah, kids should have some toys should have some kids. Every toy should have some kids. It's like Toy Story, yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of which I just saw Toy Story Three. Was it good? It was awesome. I have yet to see that one. I, that one. I love the Pixar movies. Yeah. So. I know the forums have been down for quite a long time, yeah. so that's kinda of put a lot of delay on everything and they're back up now, but they're not what they were, and they're kind of different, and it kind of sucks, but I'm, I'm, muddling, like, I'm muddling through it. I like a lot of the new things. There's some things I wish were back like the old ways, but yeah. I, I do like some of the new features. I just miss the way it looked. Yeah. The familiarity about it. Yeah, it I can understand that. And what happened was uh, somebody hacked into the system to show that our to show that, that system could be hacked into. 
And then he contacted Brian Deemer yeah. with the Comic Geek Speak guys and said, hey, by the way, I could hack into your system. Just wanted to let you know, here's how I did it. Oh, good, good job, dickhead. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're a benevolent hacker, but you're still a hacker, you're still a dick. Yeah, and if you <laughs> reported yourself doing it, I hope they call the authorities on you. Yeah, I mean... I never understood... Like a douchebag. I, Seriously? I understand hacking for getting information and... Yeah, if you're part all of the military and that's your job and you're paid to do or it. Or even if you're just a scum bucket and you're trying <laughs> to better your own life. Like, I get that. But to hack into a forum just because you could... About comic books. Yeah, really. Come on. You're, you're just offending a lot of geeks. What the hell are you yeah, accomplishing? So um, so that sucked, but they are back up. It's, yeah, they are It's up. awesome. I did lose my total post count. I, I was able to keep mine. All I yeah. had to do was reset my password. Don't worry. I'm going to catch up with you. Well, hell yeah, you are. <laughs> I've been the top poster every day. Is that <laughs> since your, that's your goal? Up, since they've been back up. Yeah, i got to get back up to where I was. Well, I'm, well, I'm like <laughs> 1,200 or something, so it might only take you two weeks. Right. <laughs> the way you're going. Um, uh, there was a time... Uh, I was without power yeah. for a couple of days. We lost power, which sucked ass. We had a, a real violent storm here that only lasted a 15, 20 minutes. Yep. But the winds were crazy, and it blew a lot of trees down. And it, it was ridiculous. It snapped some power lines around my area in my neighborhood. And I was without power from Sunday to about 7 o'clock till Tuesday about 12.30. That's bad. That's horrible. Yeah. We had to borrow our buddy's generator to hook it up so the refrigerators could keep going. Right. And not lose all our food and... I had no TV. I had to go buy batteries for my radio. I I told you what you should do to occupy your time was read a book, but you don't read. Oh, I read a lot of comic books. I got <laughs> caught up on that. I did read books. Comic books. It's hard for you to even say books, isn't it? Books. <laughs> I don't read books without pictures. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Speaking of books, I did pick up uh, the Transformers Exodus book, which yeah. takes place before the video game. The, uh, uh, the War for, Cyber- War for Cybertron video yeah. game. Uh, I only read the first chapter so far because I'm going to be putting a review up chapter by chapter with that okay. one because it's a pretty short book. Yeah. And I don't want to go on to the second chapter until I've put the review up about the first chapter. Yeah, maybe I'll read your review. Yeah, and it's and obviously it's not going to be a review until the whole book's done, but it's more like a synopsis of what happened in that chapter. Sure. So it is going to be spoilers. I mean, I'm not... Oh, that's okay. I'm not going to read it. Yeah. I'm, pictures in it. I'm just going to give you just... I'll, I'll fit some pictures in there. How's the video game play? The video game is awesome. Uh, one, I guess, flaw that I don't really like is you really have to watch your ammunition in the game. I've only played the first chapter, but you get so many shots for your character, okay. and ammunition dumps or piles or whatever are not plentiful, even when you're playing the easy level. What, what system did you get it for? I got it for the 360. The Xbox 360, okay. Um, it might be a little bit different for the PlayStation, then, no? No, it's going to be the same? same, yeah. Okay. Now, the thing I really like about it is I did start as the Decepticons. Because this, there's ten chapters, and the story goes, the first five chapters are Decepticons. You play as Decepticons. The last five chapters, you play as the Autobots. Okay. Um, That's nice. So you get a mix of both. Yeah. And what the Decepticons are looking to do is to take down, uh, I think it's Alpha Trion, or it's, it's one of the Primes. Okay. I think it's Trion Prime or something take like that. Take down them all. Right. <laughs> no. Um, so anyways... Yes. You each <laughs> chapter you get a choice of three characters, at least so far from what I've been able to tell. Mm-hmm. And you can play as any one of the three characters, but the you other You can ch- change them every chapter? You can change them each chapter because each chapter there's three different characters. Oh, okay, three new ones, okay. Um so you get to choose amongst them and they all have different abilities, so you get to see what the abilities are of each one. Yeah, Megatron, Starscream, and Shockwave. No. But in the first chapter you do meet Starscream and oh, yeah. and he's actually defending what you're trying to take over. 
But then he obviously sides. Well, if you're Megatron, you got to blow him up anyway, yes. so that's good. Spoiler, he ends up siding with Megatron at the end of the first chapter. <laughs> Hello. Big surprise. Yeah. Um, I did purchase the uh, the toys for that. The, yeah, what uh, do you think of those? The War for Cybertron. So I've got Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. They look great. Mm-hmm. Love them. Open them up. Left them in robot mode. Yeah. Because they're like level four Transformers, which means they're really involved. Yeah, they're really complicated. They're really complicated and involved to transform. But if you're a Transformer collector and you do this, they're probably pretty easy for you. But yeah. they are, you know, level four, which means there's a lot of. Which is two levels higher parts. than what you're used to. True. <laughs> True. Um, they are, I believe they're a um, uh, certain class, uh, Voyager class. Yeah. They're not leader class. They're not the no. bigger ones. No. But they are like Voyager class. Yeah. But they, uh, Toys R Us had a really good deal on them. They were what eleven ninety nine a piece, yeah, but they buy were one get one half off, half off. So, so I took advantage of that, and I got two of them for under twenty bucks. Yeah, uh, I think next I read somewhere somebody told me uh, that their Megatron and Soundwave are coming out. Yeah, those look awesome. Yeah. Well, the Soundwave, Soundwave looks, looks awesome. The Megatron, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, here's the thing: I've it seen, looks like he does in a game though. I think. I've seen two different versions of, of the Megatron figure, and one looks all plasticky and cheap, and one doesn't look as cheap. It's still yeah. plastic, but right. it, it doesn't look as cheap. If, yeah, these are all plastic. They yeah. look good, though, but they're not... They're, well, and that's the thing. Plastic. I'm curious which Megatron's going to be the one that comes out, the one that looked looked cheap or the one that didn't look cheap. So just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, and Bumblebee does come with a blaster, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool, because he never did as an no. earlier figure. No. He was lucky to come with a face in the earlier figure. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, uh, so they're pretty cool. I yeah. like them. They're, they're pretty nice. So I definitely recommend the game, but again, just be aware that you it's not like a... Shoot them up where you just run around shooting everything. You have to conserve your your ammunition, ammunition yeah. and everything. So you do pick up other guns along the way. There are hidden gems here and there to find. Little Easter eggs. Yeah, like you, as a Decepticon, you've, you'll find these hidden Autobot symbols, and if you blast 25 of them, that's an achievement. Okay. So it's there's things like that. I love the fact that you can play, pick a different character for each chapter, because that gives really great replayability, because the next time I play... I could pick somebody else. Sure, yeah. And that makes it a lot of fun. Sure, yeah. Because they all have different abilities. It might yeah. be the same stage, but I have different abilities to play around with. Yeah. So uh, We uh, went through 4th of July without mentioning uh, yes. that. How was your 4th? Uh, 4th was good. Got to pretty much just relax. Uh, my wife and I took the dog out to uh, Metro Parks, which is like a, a parkway type thing here, and just kind of walked, took her for a long walk, just kind of took the day off, kind of... Yeah, nice, easy. relaxing day. We were supposed to get together with family, but we had uh, a child that was... We didn't have a child. Our One of our family members had a child that was sick, and both my wife and I had a hectic week coming up, so we didn't want to run the risk of getting sick. <laughs> we don't want so. your snot-nosed kid around us. Right. The hectic week is basically that my parents are here now, and they're, <laughs> they're here for five days. Yeah, I haven't met them yet. No. they They're awesome. They just got here today. Yeah. They are awesome, but they are high energy, so after a long day at work, sure. it's kind of hard to handle that. Yeah, and, and they're your parents, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and they are typical parents. So oh, Yeah, sure. I avoid um, mine as much as possible. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but it, they moved down to Florida, so they're up here for a few days. We're going to spend some time with them, so that'll be fun. Any uh, fireworks? You see any fireworks? No. We actually took a year off from fireworks because we're, we've are we gone every year, and we're just kind of like, you know what? I could do a year without fireworks. Um, wow. I'm okay. I mean, I love fireworks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not yeah. like I'm jaded or anything like that. I'm jaded. <laughs> yeah. But, they call me Nine Finger Ryan. Right. But I just was like, eh, I don't really feel like going out. I just feel like relaxing. And my wife felt the same way. So I was Wow. Like, I, I guess I had a better time than you. Like, the holidays are my thing now, I guess. 
No, I, I think I had a good time. Well, I, I went to uh, my, my wife's father's boathouse, which is in Toledo, Ohio. Sure. So we went there with a lot of family, and we spent a couple of days there, which was really nice. That's awesome. Boats, jet skis, yeah. drink, drinking, lots of... Drinking. Drinking. <laughs> I drank too much. More drinking. More drinking, yeah. There's a lot of drinking going on. So it's a lot of fun. Um, kids were there, had a little swimming pool on a deck and everything like that for them. Obviously, you're on Lake Erie, which sure. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, saw some when fireworks. It's, when it's not on fire. When it's not on fire. Right. Well, that's um, the Cuyahoga River. It's not Lake Erie. <laughs> I think Lake Erie's on fire. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, so it was really okay. nice, really cool. Uh, cool. Saw some fireworks. Very cool. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I had a worse 4th of July weekend. I had the 4th of July weekend I wanted to have. Okay, well, that's cool. Which was to do nothing. Everybody celebrates a little different. Yeah. I'm not picking on your religion or nothing. <laughs> not my religion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anti-firework, whatever. Um, no, I'm very... I'm a very patriotic guy, so I love the 4th of July. Yeah, me too. So. It was a good time. The weather was finally nice here, too. Yeah. It's been quite sweltery yeah. the last couple of days. Oh, it's been hot, yeah. It's fucking hot as balls. Let's not lie, dude. It is hot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking in the 90s. Yeah. It so. is hot. And in Ohio, that's humi- humidity. Humidity, com- yeah. Comes with that. From so. the lake and everything. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's sticky hot. Yeah, so. Like, if you're sitting naked on your leather couch, your sack's sticking. I, I'm, it's hot. Wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is hot. I don't even know what to say to that. How do you segue from that? Well, we're going to segue because in the interest of time, we have a lot of issues to get through. Yeah. Only one other thing I wanted to mention really yeah. quickly. Um, a lot of people had uh, sales on their websites yeah. for the 4th of July. I noticed uh, like Brian's Toys had 10% off and Past Generation Toys had 10% off a couple things and Big Bad Toy Store had like 20% off sale. So I took advantage of that and I actually bought some items that maybe do okay. some future toy reviews on Yeah. That'd be awesome. So uh, yeah, it was pretty maybe cool. Maybe a future live opening. Yeah, we could maybe even do something like that. If it comes in in at a time that you can... We're looking to record. To record, right. If it comes in tomorrow or tonight, probably forget it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, let's... uh, But yeah, let's get into uh, just some of the quick listener feedback, because we do have a lot of issues, and we're going to try to get them all in today. Yeah, no doubt. uh, Because we've been missing out on a lot of issues, and we want to get you guys up to speed. But let's go into the uh, Jedi Holocron. Jedi Holocron. Hey, buddy, I missed you. <laughs> Love that robot. Yeah, he, he popped in just to kind of do his little bit. and uh, yeah. He said he's got things to do, so I don't know. But uh, run into your parents. I hope not, because they, they, I don't see that being a good mix. Uh, that, that can't be good. That's a sitcom. I'm smelling a sitcom out of that. Oh, you ate one, two, and the parents. And your parents, right. Yeah. Wow, that could have a whole lot of different connotations right there. Oh, you ate one, two, two and your parents. And, and your parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, just one since the forums just came back up, we yeah. only have one new new forum member, even though he's been listening for a while, which is illustrious Ken Diesel. Yes, who we hi, <laughs> who we actually met at Super Show. True, and I just couldn't remember that what the hell his name was at the time. Yeah, because we were sleepy at that one. Oh my god, so, it, was, it was tiring. Yeah, so uh, running on fumes during that one. I can't for wait list- for that next year. Yeah, so thanks for listening, to us, Ken. Uh, hopefully, we'll see your posts. A little bit more frequently. Yeah, and hopefully see you back there again next year. Yeah, very much so. April, right? Uh, yes. April yeah. 29th is Super Show. Mark it on your calendar. Mark it on your calendar, Because we will definitely be at that show. Yeah, we got to be there. Um, so that'll be a great one. Also, a couple new couple new countries. Uh, okay. We had uh, Switzerland. Are we running out of countries? No. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I know. We well, had, since the USSR broke up into like... 200? Two th- yeah, 200 <laughs> of them, yeah. But we had uh, Switzerland. Okay. And Love the Swiss. Good chocolate. Yeah. And good ar- army knives. And uh, 
big-breasted women. And but yes, we love them. Thank cl- you. Clocks. Clocks. Cool. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, pol- cheese. And, and yeah, Swiss cheese. Yes. And cheese. You put holes in your cheese. Okay. <laughs> I like the cheese. I like Swiss yeah. cheese. Yeah. I get me wrong. I like cheese. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and then Poland. Okay. Was the other one, and I'm not even going to start on anything with that. <laughs> oh my! My wife's part Polish. Oh, I'm part Polish too. Okay. I just Explains know there's a lot. a lot, a whole lot of things that go. <laughs> there's through. a lot of jokes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of jokes here. There. Yeah. So, um, but thank you guys for listening. Yeah, that was awesome. That that is very cool. We won't crack on anybody. Um, hope here. your Fourth of July was great, even though it's not it's, really your it's holiday. Our holiday. <laughs> no, that's if you'd um, let me get to that point. Um, <laughs> holiday? They don't celebrate that. I know, but they should. I think the UK's pretty pretty bummed about that. I think the rest of the world should be happy that we are a country and have a Fourth of July. Everybody but the UK. They should be okay with it too. We pretty much just let them and left. We kind of pulled their ass out of World War Two. True. <laughs> and True. yes, and yes, I'm going back sixty some years to show some credit for our country. But damn it, we're, we're young. We were there and we helped out. We're a young country when you stop and think about it. Oh yeah, we are yeah. big time. Uh, another thing too, another show that's coming up that I know I'm going to is the uh, Columbus Toy Show, uh, Sunday, September twelfth, two thousand ten. So I'll be at that definitely. Uh, anybody else want to go? Jump on the forums. He's gonna wear. He's gonna wear a big shirt that says Chuck. Word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's nine a.m. to three p.m. It's like five bucks to get in, but there's little things you can go to uh, print off like fifty cent admission. So it's like four fifty to get in. Very cool. Very cheap. It's really it's really nice. Again, yeah. early birds can get in at eight if you wanted to pay an extra couple of bucks, but nine to three, cool. it's nice. Columbus, Ohio. Um, and this time we only had one question from a listener because we didn't really ask for questions this time. Forms were down. Uh, forms were down. So people but people have been doing things on Facebook. Yeah, which has been very cool. We do have some more Facebook members. We have more Facebook so members. So thank you guys for that. We yeah. need more. We need a lot 45. more. Yeah, we need a lot more. But it, it was great to actually be able to still communicate with everyone even yeah. without oh, yeah. having the forum. Let's get some Facebook friends. We need friends. Yes. So, friends of Star Joe's. That's right. So Star friends. Am I allowed to continue? Go ahead. <laughs> so, Rock asked a question last time in an email. Our buddy Rock. I didn't get the email in time for the last show. Slacker. It's not my fault. I got it after we recorded. Oh, Rock. Damn it. You know what time we record. We send you this. No one knows what time we record. We don't even know what time we record. What's this question? We figured this out two days ago that we were going to record today. True story. So, anyways, his question was, how much have you guys ever paid for an action figure? $200. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Nobody knows that unless you call me out on it. And and I'm going to throw a little caveat to that, which is how much would you pay for an action figure? Uh, don't tell people who are selling, but you people on eBay, keep your keep pause right now. <laughs> I would probably pay at the most 50 bucks. You would pay 50 bucks? I think I would pay. Now, how much have you paid for a figure? Uh, 70? <laughs> 85? No. The most expensive figure I believe I bought were probably the Masters of the Universe Classics. Okay. That are 20 bucks, but by that time you put shipping in it, they're like 28. 30, somewhere around there. About 30, yeah. 28, 75, something like that. Now, the most I've ever paid for a figure was about 50, 55, which was uh, two different figures. One was the uh, Rancor. Well, yeah, Which, obviously that's kind of like that one was charters on playset almost. Right. Well, not only that, but 
that was forty bucks already, anyways. Yeah. Originally, so paying fifty is not a huge stretch. Because when I bought the Castle Gray Skull, I mean that was forty, almost fifty bucks by the time of tax. So yeah, but that's not a figure. That's more. That's not a figure, set, yeah. right? Where the Rancor was a figure. So yeah, because I bought vehicles and playsets that are well above that. Right. Mark. Just single figures. Sure. Three and three quarters or six inch figures. Now, a single figure I did pay 50 bucks for, which was the Optimus Prime Rebel Tech one. Yeah, maybe statues I might pay a little bit more because they're more sure. pricey. Sure. And a limited number. Yeah. But just a standard figure, three and three quarters figure or six inch figure, I think 30 bucks would probably be the most I've ever paid for one, but mm-hmm. I might be willing to go to 50. Depending, Depending on, on what who it is. Or, yeah. Now, like but I, I said, would have to get the okay from the missus. Yeah. Now, like, like I said, I I have paid 50 bucks, uh, which was the Optimus Prime Rebel Tech figure, which we did a review on. It's yeah. on our website. It's on our website. Check it out. Um, awesome. And that's because it was pretty rare. Yeah, we do so have that's a how much I had to pay review for, for Starscream coming up pretty soon. Yeah. I want to get that going, too. That's very cool. Which, that one was cheaper, the Starscream one. Okay, it's not um, Prime. Right, exactly. It's not Optimus Prime. Now, the most I would pay for a figure... Is probably a hundred dollars, and like a you, hundo. and like you said, I would definitely need permission to do that, yeah, or hide it, yeah, one of the two. <laughs> I hope to God she didn't know about it. Um, but I no. mean, I'm going over the bank books. What's this hundred dollars <laughs> missing for? Right, that says none of your business in the memo line. What is that? Um, I don't know who wrote that. And the only reason I say that is because the one figure that I can think of, or multiple figures I can think of, that I would pay a hundred dollars for. Is the Green Lantern multicolor San Diego Comic Con? Oh, the Comic Con exclusives. Yeah, the I forgot about one. things like that because with Comic Con exclusives, if you really wanted it, they're so limited. Right, you might be forced to go a little bit more. Right, and the thing is, there. You Maybe can... I would change my vote from fifty to sixty-five. Yeah, ooh, huge jump. I know, right? I'm so freaking cheap. <laughs> I just like to get things on the cheap. I thought you'd at least go maybe 50 to 75 or something. All right, go 75. But, uh, God, man, that is a lot of money to pay for one thing. It is. But if you're going to keep it forever and you really, really enjoy it, like I really enjoy Green Lantern, you know, $100, the problem is there's five of them. That's 500 bucks. So that's 500 bucks. I don't really want the green one because the green I have plenty of green Green Lantern ones. But, I mean, if you have all of them but the one in the set. But here's the thing. you probably buy it cheaper as a set. But here's the thing. The black... Oh, yeah. If that's the case, that's one thing. But the Blackest Night figure series is coming out with a green Green Lantern Hal Jordan. Okay. So, and it it looks identical to the one from the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, and you've got a couple of those. So, yeah. So, I I want the other four. So, it's like <laughs> at least 400 bucks, and actually they're uh, selling for higher than that, that right now. orange, a blue? There's an orange, a blue, a yellow, and a red. Pink, indigo? No, no. He was never a pink lantern. And he was never an Indigo Lantern. Okay. So... Is it Indigo Girl? No. No. There's Indigo Tribe. Indigo Tribe? So... You don't know the band Indigo Girls? I know the band Indigo Girls. Oh, okay. I just... That's not what he is. Right. <laughs> so, so, anyways... Yeah. All right. So, that's all the questions we had. Uh, so, Thanks for the question. Yeah. So, what we want to do is, because we have a lot of issues to get through... Yeah. I want to go ahead and jump right into... What we're going to cover is we're going to cover... The Star Wars Invasion series. Yeah, Van Halen might as well jump. Right. <laughs> then, then we're going to go into our regular ongoing issues. Yeah. Um, so let me go ahead and get started with the uh, Hyperspace Review. Hyperspace Review. All right, Chuck. Well, um, we're actually going to be following a little bit different format than we normally do. <laughs> for, the in- for the interest of time. Let's do it. We actually scoped out the issues ahead of time and wrote like a, just a paragraph or two. Yeah, because there's a one. lot to do, so we so, want to get through it. And I think this might be the format we go 
do going forward, provided this is what the listeners like, because I think maybe the listeners are getting a little bored hearing us go page by page of every yeah, issue. Yeah, it's kind of, we, we're giving stuff away, so if you want to read it, it's like spoiling the whole book for you. Right. So we'll give you just a little tease of what the book's about. Right. That way, if you like what you hear, you can go pick the book up. Yeah. I mean, I have everything that happens in the book in general, but there's all the little nuances that you're not going to get, all the little one-liners, all that type of yeah. stuff. I'm not revealing any of that. There's parts of the story I left out completely because I felt like it didn't pertain to the main storyline. All right. Which uh, story are we doing now? So I'm doing uh, Star Wars Invasion Refugees, which is a five-parter. It's it's actually six-parters because it started with issue number zero. And this is a good book for anyone that misses Luke, Leia, Han, the main characters of Star Wars. Right. We all do. So it's got good art and it's got a good story. Let me see here. It's actually... Done by it's, it's written by Tom Taylor, not Chi. <laughs> it's done by Tom. It's written by Tom Taylor and art by Colin Wilson. Okay, so take a gander at this one with uh, issue number zero. It takes place twenty five years after the Battle of Yavin, and what we have is in issue zero we have Sarkin, who's a Wookiee, and Panha, who looks like uh, Admiral Thrawn's species. They intercept a warning recording about the Yuzan Vong destroying their uh, this guy's homeworld. Uh, he warns that you can't stop them and hopes that anyone getting the message has enough time to run because you're not going to be able to stop them. They notice that the Armada is actually heading towards a planet called Artorius. Not no- Notorious. The notorious. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they decide they're going to go and warn them, but here the communications are actually down for repair on Artorius. And we find that it's actually uh, sabotage that caused the... Instead of actually repairs going on, there's actually someone that is actually sabotaging the communications. Yeah, how convenient. Yeah. So Sarkin and, and uh, Panha ship actually gets boarded. In order to try to not be taken alive, because they notice that the Vong want to actually take them alive, they actually blow their ship up to take out one of the Yuzan Vong's ships, rather than being taken captive. Uh, we then actually go and we see that uh, Luke is actually training his Jedi on Yavin 4. So we get little glimpses in uh, issue number zero. We see the Galfridian family, who are the royalty of Artorius. They're actually celebrating their the father's birthday, which is King Khaled. C-A-L-E-D. Khaled. Khaled. And then we also see Han Solo is picking a Wookiee hair off of his vest or off of his jacket. Yeah. Because he's mourning the loss of Chewbacca. At this point, Chewbacca is dead. So that was issue zero. So you can see a lot quicker this time. Yeah, a lot quicker, yeah. Um, issue number one. Father Khaled and his son Finn ta- are there and they're talking and discussing about Finn's future. And they're accompanied by Finn's flying droid Prowl. little wow. connection to Transformers, Transformers yeah. there. Um, That's more than meets the eye. And while they're talking, the mom, Nina, and the daughter, Kay, are actually shopping. All of a sudden, they're all invaded by the Yuzan Vong. And Khaled and Finn get to the hangars uh, where all the escape ships are. And Kay is at, Kay actually the daughter actually kills one of the Vongs who tries to attack her. Luke then arrives and meets up with Finn and Caleb at the hangars, and he agrees to take Finn away so that a member of the Artorius royal family can survive, uh, and that he would train Finn as a Jedi. Then we have Caleb takes a team of uh, his people to go try to free their planet. Uh, and to find his wife and his daughter and everything. Okay. So Caleb and his uh, team are fought into the waters. They're actually pushed back into the sea, uh, where it seems like they meet their demise. While Kay and Nina are actually taken captive on the Yuzan Vong ship. Oh, okay. So that's issue number one. Okay. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. 
So then we uh, issue number two, we have Finn trains the trains in the force and lifting a small rock. Luke comes by and lifts the whole side of the mountain to kind of show him what the force uh, can really do. <laughs> competition there with Luke. Yep. Then to protect uh, on the Yuzan Vong ship to protect her mom's failing health because she got injured during the invasion. Uh, Kay agrees to be taken to the Vong leader on the ship in her place. Okay. She sees this the guy that originally sent the original warning in issue number zero, whose name is Ar- R.B. Loa. Old Man Arby. <laughs> Old Man It's like the fourth episode I worked that into. I know. And I knew you were going to work it into this one, it's too. Old Man Arby. So, uh, Arby Loa is I'm actually... Hungry. he's <laughs> He's Old Man Curly Fry. He's actually, cap, he's actually being held prisoner like everyone else, but he's actually being... He's actually, like, strung up because they think he's dangerous. Oh, because he could probably get away, yeah. Right. Then we go back to Yavin 4, and Finn meets up with Jason, Jaina, and Anakin Solo. The kids. Right. Right. And Lobaka. Which is Chewie's nephew. Oh, okay. Who are all being trained as Jedi. Jaina's, Isn't that kind of funny that they're doing the kids stuff like that? And that's what Marvel's doing with the oh, uh, yeah. new Avengers stuff. Yeah, but this was done first. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying they're copying yeah, or nothing. No, but yeah, it's interesting that there's a lot more a lot focus of that on, the kids, on the kids, the next kids, generation yeah. and everything else. Um, which, by the way, the Avengers books have been great. They have. So. I'm reading that. That's really good. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, Kay actually asks the, the head, uh, or also Jaina... Solo seems to kind of like Finn a little bit. Oh, okay, a little romantic. Yeah, a little romance there. Kay, the daughter uh, on the Vong ship, asked the ship leader why her planet was destroyed, and he said he told her that they're not destroying the planet; they're actually conquering. Their plans are to conquer the whole galaxy, mm-hmm. and they're we're just starting here. And it, yeah, we're just starting <laughs> here, and it it suits their needs and their beliefs, and their belief is in pain that you can find all the answers through pain. Really evil people. Okay. <laughs> Luke goes and talks to his council, which is really uh, these characters, Kip Duran and Master Lung. And Kip Duran is actually from the Jedi Academy book series. Okay. So now we have books relating into comic books. Yeah. So it's a really cool... They're tying the whole universe They kind of connect yeah. the whole universe. It's really cool. And they, they're talking about Finn's training and how uh, he, does not, he doesn't want to rush Finn at all in his training. They're interrupted and told that the Vong have attacked a planet named Rachel. Okay. Luke takes Master Lung and Finn with him there so that Finn can confront his enemies and see if he makes the right choice. Okay. So then we go into issue three. They arrive on Rachel and start battling the Vong. Kay, the daughter, attends to her mom but also talks to Arbiloa, who uh, she is told by other prisoners is dangerous, and Arbiloa tells her that because she is small, the Vong don't see how dangerous she actually is. Right. On Raichel, Master Lung is actually speared by a Vong, and Finn picks up his light, his fallen lightsaber. K back on the ship, a lot of jumping around here, yeah. but K back on the ship makes a deal with Arbiloa that if she frees him and they take the ship, that he gets to actually get the Vong commander uh, named Shackle's head. Oh, okay. He's like, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it, but I want his head. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, who don't? Right. Finn actually saves a family on Raichel, only to get in a battle with the Vong. Then a giant, this giant centipede creature that the Vong controls smashes into the building that they're fighting on, and Finn and the family are fine, but the Vong is actually trapped under a pillar. Rather than killing him, Finn slices the pillar to free him, which actually confuses the Vong, because if you remember, the Vong believe in pain yeah. and suffering and all that type of stuff, so mercy does not exist yeah. exist at all, so he doesn't even understand why are you saving me. He, so he's completely confused, 
and they end up, uh, Luke and all of them end up leaving the planet with those that they were able to save. Yeah. Going into issue four, this one's a little bit longer because a lot more happens. Yeah, I usually make a lot of deals to involve getting head. Right. <laughs> so. No, this is taking someone's head. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so issue four, this one's I a little bit. Is it she takes it? Whatever. <laughs> this one's a little bit longer because there is a lot more that happened in issue four because this is the one right before the finale. This is the meat and potatoes right. of the book here. This is before the climax. So sit back and enjoy with this one. <laughs> it's not that long. Masterpiece theater. All right. So the Vong. The Vong that Finn saved decides he must find and hurt Finn until he tells him why he saved him. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> right. I'm going to kill you unless you tell me why you saved me. <laughs> yeah. He's an S and M. Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Luke talks with Leia as the uh, kids load up the Millennium Falcon. Okay. And they're going to go find a smuggler that might actually have some answers about the Vong invasion and everything. So they talk about Chewie's death and how. Han is has actually avoided the family since then because if you remember, Anakin was the one that made their son Anakin's the one that made the choice to leave the planet before Chewie be rescued because if he didn't make that choice, yeah. they all would have died. died. Yeah. So Anakin feels responsible basically. So they they talk about that and then as they're taking off with Leia's taking off with Finn and Jason and Jaina and Anakin Prowl and Lobaka. Mara Jade actually comes up to comfort Luke's troubled mind, and she and we actually find out that she's recovering from some type of disease. Okay. They don't really go too much more into that in in this part of it. <laughs> no, not that kind of disease. It's like the Griff disease. <laughs> so then, uh, back on Artorius, we actually see some shadowy figures rise from the sea, and they take out some of the Vong, and then they plant some explosives on one of their strongholds and blow the whole thing up. Then we go back to the Vong ship where Kay notices that one of the Vongs are being sent down, or a lot of the Vongs are being sent down to Artorias because of that attack. And to free the prisoner, she needs to get the device off one of the guard's arms. And she says, I need that device off the guard's arm. And R.B. Lois says to her, well, then you're going to need to get one of the guards. And she goes, no, I only need one of his arms. Yeah, I mean, and, the whole guard and he goes, his arm. And yeah, and then he goes... Ooh, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to Leia and uh, and the whole gang arrive on Narshada, which is a very no- well known Star Wars location. Uh, it's kind of a lot, a lot of smugglers and okay. stuff like that going on there. It's like worse than Mos Eisley. Ooh, yeah. If there so, could be such a place, yeah. Well, it's like a whole planet of that. Ooh, dare to dream. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then Leia has to meet up with someone who can lead them to the smuggler they're looking for, and the kids go off on their own. Uh, they're actually almost stopped by an alien named Dahal, who offers to be their guide. Finn has to leave because he realizes he left Prowl back at the hangar inside the Millennium Falcon. So when Finn gets there, all of a sudden he's stopped at Blaster Point by Han Solo. Oh, wow. Who wants to know what the hell he's doing on his ship. Does he give him the Greedo treatment? He's he's pretty much like, what are you doing on my ship? Does he shoot first? No, he doesn't shoot first. Yes, he does. No, not in this case. <laughs> so then we go back to... Uh, the Vong ship where Arby Loa pretends that he's choking Kay to get the Vong to, guards to come by and the prisoners all of a sudden gang up on the two Vong guards and take them out. And two then, Vong guards. <laughs> two it's Vong like a rock band. <laughs> two, two Vong guards. Two Wong Fu with love. Wow. That came out of nowhere. Where the fuck did that come from? I never saw that movie. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. It was I, horrible. I saw it. <laughs> I didn't see it, honestly. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, so then back on Artorius, a guy named Dulok is kidnapped from the Vong, from Vong captivity. So, like, all of a sudden these shadowy figures show up there, and they take Duloc, and they actually take him into the sea. They put an oxygen mask on him, 
and he's being taken down to this light. Uh, give him the merman treatment. That's right. So then uh, next we see Leia actually stops Han from shooting Finn. <laughs> well, we hope. And she explains who Finn is, and Han tells them the smuggler they're looking for knows the name of, the, of a bunch of Vongs that are actually posing as humans. Oh, okay. Finn explains that he can actually see and hear what Prowl does through some goggles that he has. So oh. they can actually use Prowl to kind of spy on what's see going what's on. See what's going on, yeah. They work on a plan and have them use the ability to use the ability so that they can get the info they need. But he also says to Finn, like, stay away from my daughter. Right. <laughs> so, so then... Uh, Typical dad stuff. <laughs> we close on issue four with Dulok is actually shown and the shadowy creatures actually reveal themselves to be King Kaled and his men in disguise. Okay. I don't think a huge surprise there, but... Um, Worth noting. It is when you're reading the issues. Okay. So issue five, which is the final issue, is uh, Kay has a device controlling the doors on the ship now and that they took from the guards. Arbiloa is freed. They free him up, and they show up and kill the commander. Nice. And you, his, you, actually, you actually see him later holding the guy's head, yeah. the Vong's head. It's awesome. I love to get a little head. <laughs> Not a little one. That's what she said, buddy. <laughs> so, anyways, on Narshada, they actually spot who it is that they are supposed to uh, make an offer to for the information, and here it's that sleazy Dahal guy who was offering to be the okay. tour guy. Yeah, yeah. And he actually had snagged Jason Solo's pouch earlier when he did the whole, like, hey, you guys want a tour guy? Yeah, five-finger discount, huh? So Dahal actually gives him his pouch back, but all the money's gone. <laughs> of course, yeah. I bought donuts. Right. Jason makes the offer to Dahal, and they leave. Dahal gets up to leave to go actually talk to who actually has the information, and Finn starts following him by the way of watching him through Prowl. Okay. With the glasses. Right, exactly. Okay. So the prisoner, then we go back to the prisoners on the Vong ship. Uh, they're all released and they overtake all the rest of the Vong that are on the ship. Then we jump back to Nar- Narshada, where the kids return to the Falcon to find that their dad had already left, Han Solo. And Anakin blames himself Okay, for that. Leia and the kids confront Dahal, who is now with an alien named Sprog. <laughs> Okay. Fun names again. I know. You get them all. They get the info, and they find out that Duloc is actually one of the Vongs posing as a human. So that's, really? that's who they just saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's one of King Kaled's closest friends. Wow. Is this Duloc. So then we go to King Kaled, who's actually <laughs> telling Duloc that they're about to go launch another attack on the Vong. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's no, not a good idea, yeah. Duloc wants to come with them. Big surprise. Yeah, really. But uh, Caleb actually orders him to stay there, and he says, if I have to, I'll have guards watch you. Watch you, yeah. Because he, he's like, you need your rest. You've been through <coughs> a lot of torture and everything else. To fly, they actually, we go back to the Vong ship, and we actually find out that in order to fly the ship, they actually need to connect themselves to the ship physically. Like, there's these like spikes, almost like the Matrix, where it pierces your skin oh, and everything wow, else. Yeah. So Nina, the mom, actually offers to do that. Nice. So she hooks herself up. And it's because the, she's dying and it'll kill her. Basically. Yeah. It's like it keeps her alive and everything else. So. Okay. So it closes with they've taken control of the Vong ship and they're off to uh, to face the rest of the fleet. Okay. So that's the end. This of, is still ongoing. This is actually, this was a first miniseries. Okay. Now they're starting another miniseries, which we're going to get into the first issue of that in our next segment. Okay. Um, but that's going to be Star Wars Invasion Rescues, which is an ongoing, and there's actually issues number one and two already out. We're only going to cover issue one this time, but this is a great series, and I think it's going to continue to be ongoing, whether it's through miniseries or it's going to be turned into an ongoing series. Okay. 
So it's Star Wars Invasion if you guys want to pick it up. Yeah. Zero through five. Zero through five, I'm sure it's probably already in trade. Yeah. Look for it in trade. Save yourself some money. Of that one. And then the next miniseries, which like I said, we're going to cover the first issue of, is already the first and second issue already in stores. So okay. check it out. Do you want to do that now or do you want me to take a couple of these? I'll days? go ahead and do that now since okay. it's a continuation it's of the story. Mind, yeah. yeah, so uh, let's go ahead into the uh, From Springfield to Tatooine. From Springfield to All right, yeah. So what we got here is I'm going to cover Star Wars Invasion, uh, Rescues, number one. Yeah. And just to let you guys know, as far as those Star Wars fans that are out there, slowly but surely more and more Star Wars books, books are going to filter into our ongoing issues. Yeah, because they're, they're coming out. They're coming out. So there's yeah. like another number one of Star Wars Old Republic's going to be coming out. I'm going to get us caught up in a hyperspace review in the future for Dark Times, because it was only like 15 issues so far, and it's going on hiatus. 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 It's going on a hiatus until next year. So okay. by the time it comes back out again, I'll Take have, a year off, go back, I'll back have to us, Europe. Sure. Right. I'll have us all caught up so we can have that in our ongoing. And there's going to be a lot of ongoings because of the G.I. Joe ongoing. We've got the Transformers ongoing. There's more Star Wars ongoing. Right. And... G.I. Joe, I heard, is supposed to have another ongoing one, which is called G.I. Joe Cobra War. Yeah. That's coming up. And then the G.I. Joe, the Marvel run. The re- right. Real so American Hero. So we're going to have a lot to cover. There's a lot to cover, yeah. All right, so let, go me, go, let me go ahead and uh, do this one issue here. Again, this is Star Wars Invasion Rescues, number one. We'll cover nev- number two probably next episode or something. So the refugee, there's a, actually a refugee ship that's out in the outer rim. It's just kind of floating there. And this has all the survivors from the various Vong planets that have been taken over. Uh, it's actually attacked by a Vong ship, and it's getting blasted apart. We then go to Yavin 4, where Finn is trying to convince Luke and the rest of the Jedi to let him go to Artorias to try to find his father and warn him about Duloc. Luke thinks that Finn should actually stay and complete his training. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, exactly. Yoda. Sounds like Yoda, yeah. Learn from your mistakes you have. <laughs> exactly. So then we have Finn leaves the area where they just found out out all this information from a holocron. And as he leaves, we see the holocron actually tunes out. And Luke realizes that the holocron is actually in tuned to Finn. It's meant for Finn to know this information. So then we go to the battle that was going up in space. And also another Vong ship shows up on the outer rim and blasts the first Vong ship. And it saves the refugees. And here we find out that that's actually Nina and Kay in the captured Vong ship that they took over. They actually save the refugees and bring them on board, and some of the refugees are militaristic and they want to take over, but R.B. Loa kind of grabs one of them by the throat and says, no, we're the ones in charge here. Yeah, we're in charge, buddy. Exactly. So they're actually told by some of those, uh, some of the refugees, that during the whole battle, some of them were taken during the attack. Okay. What then ends up happening is uh, they were told that they were taken to the dead planet below, and they're like, but there's nothing living down there. And Nina, the mom, actually senses that something is down there trying to talk to the ship. So they decide they're going to go after the people that are down on the dead planet. Finn tries to sneak away that evening to go help his father. But Jason and Jaina Solo cut him off. And they, say, they tell him that they're coming with him. All of a sudden the lights come on. And there's Luke. And Luke says, I know I can't stop you. So I want to give you this. And it's Master Lung's lightsaber that he used oh, on the planet. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he says, it helped you before to make the right decision, and hopefully it'll continue to guide you in the future. Okay. And so and it, so that issue closes with that. 
Okay, nice. All right, so uh, now you're going to go into uh, some of our G.I. Joe issues. Yeah, the G.I. Joe's. Uh, we have uh, the G.I. Joe ongoing series, issue number 18 and 19 to cover, okay. uh, both by Chuck Dixon and S.L. Gallant. Okay. So let's start off with the uh, G.I. Joe uh, ongoing number 18. Mm-hmm. Basically, in this issue here, the, the Joes have had their first encounter with the Cobra forces using the mass device as uh, Cobra searches for the location of the pit. Covergirl, Downtown, and Tripwire are the only survivors of what started off to be a, a simple desert exercise, training exercise, right? Uh, but turned into uh, you know lethal combat with all the other guys getting blown up thanks to Cobra. Yeah, because all of a sudden Cobra decided they have a somewhat of a location on where the, where pit, the pit might, might, be, yeah. might be, and they show up with real ammunition, and here... They the Joes all, are on the, training The Joes exercises. all think yeah. it's still part of a training exercise. And this is where we get the name of our episode here with uh, Ninjas Wet Their Pants. The first page you look at, you're seeing Stalker. He goes, maybe you were the top ass kicker in your hood, the baddest mama in your Girl Scout troop. You make Marines weep and ninjas wet their pants. But you ain't Joe tough till I say you're Joe tough. Which is exactly how Stalker should be. Yeah, like the drill sergeant <laughs> Stalker. So that was pretty cool. So that's where we got that at. Now moving on to issue number eight, 19 here, I'm sorry. Uh, what we see is the old Destro clan battling. Uh, the, the Joes learned that the Cobra's device, uh, the, the Mars developed it. Right. Uh, so Scarlet also learns that Snake Eyes does come back. Okay. In this issue, too. And Destro does take over the Russian prison camp where he's imprisoned at from Major Blood. And he demands to speak to the Cobra commander. Uh, the Joes go off to an island that they have traced back to Cobra to investigate and learn what's going on. Okay. And that's the next issue that we're going to go into uh, later on is issue 20, where the Joes go to that island to see what's going on. Which is Cobra Island. I think it's going to be Cobra... It's, it's not Dinobot Island. No, but there, <laughs> I remember in the cartoon there was Cobra a, Island. Yeah. There was Cobra Island. And Cobra so. Island, too, is in the Marvel run of the comic books because right. they created their own sovereign country so they could have diplomatic immunity. So I'm sure we're going to see signs of that. Yeah. So. Moving right along here, keeping pace, uh, we have G.I. Joe Cobra number five. Uh-huh. Which is pretty good. I liked it, except for the first page and the last page. <laughs> the first page, we have Cobra la 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 la, which sucks. And it looks like Serpentor. Yeah, and the last page of the issue here, what we do is we see a wall mounting here. Like a, a carving or something. Yeah, of a globulous-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. A big, giant snake guy. When I saw those pages, I was like, Chuck is not going to be happy. And I'll tell you what, honestly, if this book goes down this road, <laughs> I might bail. Well, here's the thing, though. And we've talked about this before. The, the Cobra, the G.I. Joe Cobra issues have taken some of the most obscure, probably some of the most hated characters or yeah. not known characters, and actually made them cool. Yeah. So they're like the first. They this, might this, be able to redeem them. This looks like Serpentor. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And that first page. Yeah. We, we talked to. Uh, what was the gentleman's name we talked to at. Uh, we, uh, uh, J.K. Woodward. Yeah. We talked to him about that, and that's what the. Remember, we said that. We met him, and he was introducing a character that we couldn't reveal yet. It turns out, when we were at Super Show, he told us about Serpentor coming in these books. Right. And now that it's already out, we can pretty much now, say he didn't do, it. Now, yeah. he didn't do the artwork in these. No, he didn't do it, but um, there are some coming where he did. Yeah. So we just want to let that know. But going into the review here of number five here, uh, Mr. Min Asian is being interviewed by the TV from people disappearing, and they want to know where they're going, and they want to know if it's a cult. It's called The Coil. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Let's Coil, go. Cobra, Cobra, Snake. No one's tying this shit together. So Hawk, General Hawk, ends up hiring a public detective uh, from the Outer Circus, not in the military, okay. to uh, go and investigate the Coil and undercover, uh, go undercover, see what's going on in there. Uh, the detective's name is Leonard Michaels. 
Okay. And his detective is Michaels and Sons, but there's no son, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> so he gets into Coil and he finds out, you know, what's going on. He goes behind the scenes and he gets lost and goes off trail and he finds some blood and we're really not sure what it is, if it's human blood, some kind of sacrifice with a goat or something. And at the end of the book, we see the big giant mural carving of right. Galobulus looks like and I'm like... What the fuck is this? Yeah, well, and it freaks him out, too. Yeah, because he don't know what it is, either. Right, and he's trying to be quiet, and he, like, gives a little shriek out. Yeah. So, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen next episode. Next issue. <laughs> next episode. The next issue. Yeah, the next episode. issue. Yeah. So, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with him. Because he's actually been, he was actually kind of a cool character. Yeah, I hope he stays around and don't kill him off. Right. So, he's a pretty decent character. Moving on, we have G.I. Joe Origins number 16, which mm-hmm. is the first part of Zartan, which... Which I am so loving this. Oh, I absolutely love this one. I went to a little bit more detail on this one, because it's just... That's a kick-ass book. Go right ahead. I went into plenty of detail. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what we see here is we see uh, a Cobra operative jumping from his helicopter to an airplane. The beginning of the book, so it's action right away. Uh, He takes out all the guards on the plane and takes President Rumpapar. Rumpelstiltskin? Him, too. (laughs) So President Rumpapar, prisoner, and he puts a computer in front of him and makes him watch it, and it ends up being a Baroness. And she wanted the president to keep his current status and current stance on the trade agreement that he has because it works for Cobra. They don't want him to change that. Uh, and then we see the after the job's done, he goes through there and he goes to the country to vote and he keeps everything the same. He doesn't do it because they would have killed him. Right. And the Baroness actually meets Zartan weeks later after the job's complete to pay him and give him a romantic partner for the weekend to spend his yeah. time and money at the casino hotel. And in the casino, uh, another guy ends up trying to buy his girlfriend at the time there, the lady that she presented him, a drink, and try to hit on her a little bit. Zartan flips out, loses his mind, kicks the guy's ass. He just beats him. Beats him senseless, and the woman gets all pissed off and mad, and she goes, you don't own me, and she gets mad and leaves. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. We, we pan back to a young Zartan here, where he's like a street criminal, and uh, he's harassed by the cops, and they want to know his name because they think he's a petty theft. You know, little kid. So he sees a poster, and the it says the Amazing Zartan on, like a magician or something. So he calls himself, my name is Zartan. Right. So he just picks that name out of nowhere. And, That's just where, and it just stuck. Yeah. Then we go back to modern times, and Zartan's in the casino, hotel room, he's sleeping, and he wakes up to a gun in his face, which is always awesome. Who hasn't yeah. had that happen? I, I love it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out it was the guy that he kicked his ass and beat him up in the casino. Now he's got his goons with him. And they're going to, you know, give Zartan a business here for messing up their boss. What ends up happening is he takes out the goons. The guy ends up running away from him. And Zartan's got the gun. He just shoots him right in the back and he falls right out the window. Yeah. Awesome book. So what's left here is Zartan is in a lot of trouble because he killed somebody in a hotel. Because he made them himself public. known. Yeah. So the Baroness is upset about that because he, she has to cover up his mess at the hotel. And uh, she makes him become a test subject for this new weapon suit. Uh, Mars is testing out, which right. goes back to Destro here. And they, they place him in that suit, and they put him inside the mass device, and they send him to go kill a, a weapons drug dealer kind of, you know, warlord scumbag here. And it turns out to be the guy in the early G.I. Joe comics that Snake Eyes was chasing. Oh, okay. So it all goes back. I didn't even make that connection. You didn't see that? Yeah, no. it goes all the way back. To, I have I'll to, show you. I have, I have to first, reread that one. <laughs> I'll show you in the yeah. earlier episodes of the G.I. Joe ongoing. It goes all the way back to the first couple of issues. That's the guy Snake Eyes was chasing 
And that's oh. when the, he didn't know that Joe's letter was right. going and stuff. Remember when he lost his gun? Yeah. And they, they sent that piece of the gun back yeah. to Scarlet because they couldn't identify it and Doc identified it? Right. That's the gun that Zartan has. That is crazy. Yeah. It all, it all ties <laughs> in. It's awesome. And uh, they, you, you they, just blew my mind. <laughs> I know it blew my mind reading it. It was awesome. And upon trying to return back from the mass device, it's Destro before the accident happened to him. Right. So it's Lord Destro. And he's trying to pull Zartan back in. And at this point, he's just an operative. Right. A Cobra guy who's really good. But they believe they killed him. Yeah. Because they couldn't bring him back. He, he like disintegrated. Disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. The Destro and the Baroness, they really see it as no big loss. So I don't know what they're going to do the next two issues because it's a three-parter. I, 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 yeah, I, mean, I want to see what's going to happen. I mean, Zartan's dead. I mean... Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah, I don't think he's really dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's leading up to be a, quite an excellent read. Yeah. So, and I like the way they tied it all in from the Into back. the other books awesome. and yeah. everything else. So, that's so yeah, I'll show you that later on. Cool. Um, so that was good. I can't wait for the next one of that to come out. And then we have this new one that we were looking at and reading here. It's called G.I. Joe Hearts and Minds. Uh-huh. By Max Brooks. And for those of you guys who don't Phenomenal. know... Phenomenal. Max Brooks is actually Mel Brooks' son. Yeah. That Mel Brooks, that yes. That Mel Brooks, yes. That, yeah. And he actually has also written a bunch of zombie books, uh, one of which is called uh, World War Z, which I have read and is awesome. Okay, I haven't read that one. But so I knew that... I'm familiar with his dad's work. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that there was a good chance that these books were going to be good. Um, oh, they! I thought they would be okay, and I wanted to get them because they were tied yeah. into the GI Joe community. But I, I know, know how good they would be; they yeah. were really good. Now I don't know if this is how you feel about them, but my feelings on how good they are, I'm as excited about reading these books so far as I was about reading the first time I read the GI Joe Cobra miniseries, the very first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I feel like it's that good. I I read this one first. Yeah, when we get the GI Joe issues, I, I go to this one first. I do the exact. They're same quick thing. reads. They're nice little stories. On you get how how it's set up here. You get a GI Joe backstory and a Cobra backstory. Right. Two little characters, and they're just little deal. mini stories. It's not necessarily an origin story. No, or anything it's just like that. It's a just... story about it. the first one we have is uh, Hearts and Minds number one. Again, uh, Max Brooks. It's Major Blood. Yeah, a character I love. Major Blood. What he is is he's a mercenary with a suburban life. Uh, with wife and kids, and his father lives in a house with him. And he, he has daddy issues. He doesn't want to grow up to be his dad because his dad was poor, couldn't provide for his family. So to supplement his income, he goes off and becomes a mercenary. Right. But he still comes back to suburbia America with a white picket fence and yeah. SUV. And and I don't know if you took it they this way. kids hugging me, daddy. And he's up for killing people in yeah. his daytime job. Yeah, he, he's he's this total mercenary. And at this point, at least from what I was able to pick up, at this point, he's not associated he's with not, Cobra yet. Yeah. Uh, until the very end. Until I think the very end, very he end, he is Cobra. Then he says, I am Cobra. Yeah. But like the very beginning of the story, I think he was just a mercenary at the very, very beginning. Yeah. At the end um, of it, he goes, my name is Major Blood and I am Cobra. Right. I just was totally shocked when they showed him in that one scene where he is standing there with like, I think he had like flowers or something and he had like a yeah. polo shirt and he looks... Yeah. He's like like those like, Dockers on polo shirt yeah. on. I was like, really? He's golfing or something. Yeah. Because yeah. he's returning home. Yeah. So... And the next part of it is uh, Spirit, yeah. the G.I. Joe, the tracker. It, it really plays up on the Native American tracker thing from within. It, he has all these Native American you know, skills, skills, I guess, right. I guess it's called. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Spirit actually has a sensory, is a learning disability. It's sensory integration dysfunction, uh, meaning that he sees everything and notices every detail, and he can't concentrate on one thing. He can't focus on he something. He can't focus. So if there's a big party in a room... He sees everybody, everybody, what they're doing. He can't concentrate on one specific person and give them full 
undivided attention. So he spends a lot of his time alone because of this, but at the end he figures out and he accepts it, learns to block out a lot of things that he, and now he learns to control his dysfunction. Yeah, he learns to control it in the sense that... And that's how he he uses it more to become the tracker that he He's able to take everything in and then he decides which is important. Which is important to him and what's important for him to see. And that's how he becomes a really good tracker. Where you or I might miss something, he sees it all and then says, oh, you know what, this is important, so I'm going to track you. If you ever watched the Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr., Uh uh-huh. Kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Where he just picks up on subtle little nuances of stuff. Right. And it means nothing until you put it all together and together. it means something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was issue number one. So issue number two, Hearts and Minds number two, uh, we have Firefly and Tripwire. Right. Great book. Loved it. Yep. Uh, Firefly, first of all, um, they changed the ethnicity of this character. Yes. Going from a, a white guy to a black guy, which, you know, it's fine for me because he wore a mask. He right. really didn't show a lot of his face and stuff like that. Um it kind of goes back it's to... It's better It's better this way than with Ripcord. Right. Because Ripcord was already an established character and he didn't have a mask on. Right. Firefly was an established character, but he wore a mask, so you'd really see what he looked like anyway. So right. As long as he keeps his mask on, I don't care if he's white, black, or Asian, or whatever. Right. I don't either. I, I think one of the things with this, though, the only thing that bothered me with it is what we always go back to, yeah, which is... Yeah, they're just trying to be more PC. They're trying to be PC, yeah. and I don't like it when someone's purposely trying to be PC. Yeah. If like you're just being nice because you're a nice person, that's fine. If you're being nice because you're trying to be PC... It's like they're going out of their way to include more African-Americans in jail. Yeah. And like I said, if you're trying to be nice because you're trying to be PC, yeah. then I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. But if you're trying to be nice just because you're a nice person... Right. That's good. Sure. If you're trying, if they're trying to bring in more, change some of the characters because they think it might be more interesting, then I'm fine with that. If they're trying to change some of the characters because they think it'll be more PC, then that, yeah. that kind of annoys me. Or bring me more bit. people into it, more ethnicity, like right. the movie did. That. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm okay with but this, this one. This issue was still really good. It was a really good issue. Yeah, I was just more okay with this one because I guess he wore a mask. Yeah. So as opposed never, to being like. Um, you could have really never known what he was. Exactly. So. Yeah. So if they would have made Major Blood like a, you know. African American guy, I would have been a little upset with that because yeah, he wasn't. Because you saw him all the time. He right? was Australian, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway, he explains uh, his strategy for a sabotage. It's like it's not destroying the machines; it's getting the getting them to destroy themselves. Right. So uh, all machines have flaws, he says, and the the more complicated the machine, the more flaws it would have, and the most complicated machine is human beings. Yep. So they're their most flawed. Yep. So he finds out all the flaws that the machines would have and that's where he picks his points and that's where he does a sabotage yeah. and he plays a lot on the individuals what they do and what their flaws what are what they enjoy what they what what distracts them what, yeah. all that type of stuff and that's where he picks and points and and that's where he does a lot of his sabotage and he explains that in the book and at the end as, of it, again I am firefly I am cobra right as and he does all this to ultimately and blow, blow up a building yeah and he does it. The story is told so well. It's really good. I, I would advise picking these up. This is so far. That has been my favorite. The one. hearts and mind is that's my that's my pick. Oh, for like out of all these books, yeah. yeah. Out of all the books we're covering, hearts and minds. Pick it up. It's awesome. It's a good read. You'll like enjoy said, it. If you liked GI Joe Cobra, you will of the first volume. Yeah, you will love this. These these are good. They're not long. They're real short. Yep. Uh, the tripwire one. Uh, we have Tripwire standing in front of a bomb in the back of a truck in a trunk of a car. And then we flash back uh, to where he's in love with his girlfriend at the time. They really don't give her a name or nothing right. like that. But he's in college. He's his college sweetheart. He's in love with her. Pan back here. The, the bomb's about to detonate. And he realizes that there's a backup detonator on it. And there's two wires to cut, a red one and a black one. You know, what's he going to do? 
then he flashes back to see his girlfriend again, and his girlfriend actually does get killed by a bomb. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, disturbing, because he's the bomb expert here. Yep. So his girlfriend does get killed by a bomb, and she promises to wait for him as he went off to the military. Yep. So, and, and she gets killed here. He doesn't cut any of the wires, uh, and the blom does... The blom. The blonde. <laughs> the blonde doesn't blow up. <laughs> the bomb doesn't blow up. So he's back in front of uh, General Hawk giving a debriefing of why he didn't do what he did. He's supposed to be there to defuse the bomb. Right. And he goes, well, if I would have done it, then it would have went back to the guys who sold it. And if I would have cut this one, and then, you know, it would still end up to the same place where it was because they would just sell it on the black market. Right. But by not doing anything, uh, it was the right thing to do. He goes, but you didn't know that going in. You could have just killed yourself. He goes, I, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. No risk. Right. He he basically saw that it was a high-grade explosive, yeah. and he put two and two together and realized that this isn't really going to explode if I do nothing. Yeah. So he does it as a cheap detonator on it. Right. And it so he decides not, not to do anything, yeah. and it ends up being fine. But he also realizes that had it not worked, he would have been able to meet his Together, girl. back with his back girlfriend, with his and that's girlfriend. what he wanted. Right. It's almost like he has a death wish. Yeah, he has this death wish, but he still does his job. Yeah. And if he fails at his job, it's okay with him. He's, he's okay with it. Which is probably what you want. He's like he's made his peace. Yeah, it's probably what you want because you want someone that's not afraid of taking apart a bomb. You're not afraid <laughs> to die, yeah. Right. It's like he's made his peace with it. He, he's yep. like, yeah, if I live, I live. If I die, I'm going back with my girl. Okay, so uh, I have the pleasure of doing the last three issues, which should be very quick. You can actually see my notes here, Chuck. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one, two, three sentences. And three, yeah. So these are the Transformers issues, and the reason why there isn't a whole lot is because there's a lot going on, but the basics of the storyline are pretty simple. So we open up with uh, Transformers number seven, which, if you remember, last time we talked about Transformers, had some hints of Megatron showing back up. Oh, yes, it did. Yes. So uh, we open up with an overview of some of the Decepticons, and they're hunting down a fellow Decepticon who's actually stealing Energon rations. And they actually kill him. So it kind of shows that the Decepticons really don't have much leadership going on for them. Uh, they're just kind of trying to survive. Then we actually see Starscream, and he actually has the Autobot Matrix of leadership around his neck. Yeah, like Flavor Flav! And uh, Bombshell, which is one of the Insecticons, actually shows him that he can actually control the other Insecticon or the other Decepticons, Decepticons yeah. by attaching this little Insecticon device, which looks like a little bombshell. Right. Um, and Starscream's like, I don't want to control zombies. Well, just as he says that, one of the Decepticons tries to take him out, yeah. and Bombshell throws the device on him, and it causes him to control him, yeah. and if he and then he tries to fight it, but blows up. So it's kind That's of... Maybe not so, a bad idea. Yeah, so in Starscream's like, how many more of these do you have? Yeah, I, I need like 500 of these. <laughs> right. So then we see uh, Spike is telling his dad that they're going to actually work with the Autobots, and his dad's obviously pissed about it, but he ends up agreeing and to keep it a secret. Then the last thing we see is that Megatron, and this is how I phrased it, is that we see Megatron is recovering inside a Bacta tank. <laughs> yeah, like Luke. <laughs> he looks, that's exactly what it looks that's like. That's what it too. looks like, yeah. Um, so we know that Megatron's actually healing and he's recovering and we thought he was gone. Yeah, so we're going to see him down the, and down the road here in a yeah. little bit. So. And obviously with the Decepticons in disarray, he's probably going to be the unifying force down the line. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. All right, so then going into Transformers number eight, uh, Spike is actually exercising. And he's, as he's doing that, he's remembering uh, being raised by his dad and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's actually a picture in there. Yeah, you what, pointed this out to me. Yeah, it's like I, I think saw the it, second yeah. page or something like that. Yeah, let's flip it open. He's now. exercising, and he's drawn to look like Ryu from uh, Street, uh, Street. Is it Street Fighter? Or? Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter. Street Fighter, yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks just like Ryu. 
He does. <laughs> with the uh, anime haircut, yes. all choppy and stuff like that. And they, they even actually, mention it. They even mention his haircut. Nice haircut. Yeah. yeah. That was hilarious. So then uh, Spike is, at, a little bit later, Spike is questioned about how Optimus Prime escaped, which is actually how it was reported, and that uh, also some of the Decepticons escaped capture at one point, uh, which can actually, his father tells him, that can actually bring some extra heat and un- end up unveiling what is really happening of them working with yeah. the Autobots. So he's like, you know, you that happens, covered, yeah. we're all court-martialed. Yeah, yeah I don't know point. you, you know right. me. <laughs> so then uh, Spike can't deal with the pressure, so he's, he decides he's going to go out, and he goes completely off the grid. He goes rogue. Yeah. He shows up at a construction site, and again, no one knows where he's at. He goes up to this construction vehicle. Because that's where I go to drink. Right. <laughs> construction site. Yep. That's where you find all the best liquor. <laughs> yeah. Or bottles of urine. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, anyways, uh, Spike goes up to this one construction vehicle and douses it with this uh, corrosive stuff. And here it ends up being Scrapper. At least I think it's Scrapper. Yeah. They never say his name, but that's who it looks that's like. That's what it looks like, yeah. So, it's one of the Constructicons. Spike, actually, you find out that he actually came with that those corrosive chemicals and a plan on he I'm going to take this Constructicon out because he still remembers Devastator taking out New York New York and yeah. the tunnels that had a bunch of people in there his and friends yeah all of his friends they all died because so he of wants Devastator. just a little revenge he wants some revenge yeah so he ends up actually uh, blinding Scrapper with the corrosive materials and then goes over to this construction vehicle that has a bunch of steel girders on it yeah. and drops them on him he just impales him just yeah completely takes him out Scrapper is still surviving, but Spike comes over and has a gun and explains to him why he's doing this. He's yeah. like, here's why I'm doing this. And Scrapper's like, no. And it's, it's one of the Transformer guns. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, uh, and he goes, no, please don't do it. Well, it's Scrapper's own gun. Yeah. And he's just like, no, please. And he's like, he just blasts his face yeah. off. Yeah. And Which I liked it in a way because it gives him some balls that Spike's doing this. Like, yep. I'm just going to shoot people and fuck it. And then but it, then I hate it because... No more Devastator. No more Devastator. <laughs> but if you saw on the last page for the next issue, we're getting the Combaticons are coming. Yeah, yeah. Which so is going to be pretty good. sweet. So we might not have Devastator, but we're going to have, I can't remember, Bruticus. Yeah. We'll have Bruticus. So I can I can deal with that. I can live with it. All right. Good then reads, we, though. Really good reads. Oh, yeah. The Transformer books are really good. Absolutely. Yeah, they have not slowed down the pace. The Megatron issue was a little slow for me. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked it, but I haven't. I didn't like it as much as I've liked some of the past issues. Well, the, the, you had to tell a story to get Megatron yeah, back in sure. there, so you had to work it in somehow. Sure. Um, but now, now we're doing the uh, Transformers Ironhide. Transformers Ironhide number two. So uh, in this one, we have Ironhide explores Cybertron for life. Because uh, remember, he woke up with a dead planet. He remembers, starts remembering everything that used, what everything used to look like, and he remembers being a security officer for the races that used to happen there. And he remembers saving a ruthless racer that was named Dragstrip. And the attacker that tried to actually take out Dragstrip actually yells out that Dragstrip... Man, I can't... That is tough to say. Dragstrip... That's an easy one for you, Dragstrip. (laughs) Dragstrip. It's not like one of those Star Wars names. I know, but it's a little tough. Um, You just have a problem with names. Maybe. (laughs) At least yours is Chuck, and I can remember that. True. So he actually says that Dragstrip was in league with Megatron. Right. And Ironhide's like, I've never even heard that name, Megatron. It was just Megatron. It means nothing to me. So all of a sudden, he kind of wakes up out of that, and Ironhide hears hears a noise in this alley, and like an idiot, he goes down the dark alley, Yeah. and an Insecticon drone jumps him. So like the Insecticons have been able to multiply and have these drones that are kind of mindless, but they just eat and attack and everything else. And so he takes that one down, but then another one attacks him, he takes that one down, 
and it transforms into his vehicle mode. And as he's racing off, he like wipes out and slams into this wall. And he starts having these weird flashes of some past memories, but they're mingled with what's going on with him now and everything. And he wakes up from all this to a robot that's saying to him, you must come now and follow. And that's all he says is, you must come yeah. now, follow. You must come. And he's like trying to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, so like, he does. Yeah, he's like, all right, I guess I'll follow you. He's like, so what? what's your life like? And yeah, he's like, where are we going? And he's like, follow. Yeah. So, uh, so he follows him. They end up approaching this bridge. At the end of the bridge is actually this whole city that's lit up. So that's where we leave off with uh, yeah. issue number two. Now, I really didn't see the whole, um, just throw this in here. What that reminded me of and what I saw in the movie previews, the race, was like Speed Racer. Oh, yeah. And I never saw the movie Speed Racer, but I saw the previews for it. Right. About how they did it the looked races. A lot like like it. it looked a lot like yeah. that. So that's where I... And I'm still really enjoying the Ironhide issue. Oh, yeah, definitely. This, this one was a little bit slower than the first issue, but the first issue was amazing. Yeah, it was great. But the art is still incredible. It's my Costa. Yeah, I would actually say... Yeah, this was actually for... Uh, for reference, it was written by Mike Costa and the art was by Casey Collar. Yeah, it's great. I would say this is probably my second favorite book out of all the ones that we read. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that series so, really good. So yeah, so uh, so we did all the issues. Surprisingly, we got through all the issues. This I know. Time. So maybe our new format works. Yeah. So guys, uh, give us some. It's feed- like stripper format. Yeah. Leave a little bit for the yeah. um, the imagination. <laughs> so guys, give us some feedback. We're going to keep doing this format as long as you guys like it. If you don't like it, we'll go back to the way we did it before. But yeah, it that- just gives us more time for more top ten lists, more tour reviews, things like right. that. Right. And it gives you and guys a, gives chance a chance to, to actually uh, read the issues. Read the issue, and you know. <laughs> Not us reading it to you. Right, exactly. So, speaking of more things to be able to do, we're going to go into a top ten list. So, let's, Oh, it's a good top it's ten It's a good list. one, too. It plays a little bit on last shows. We were talking about rogues galleries. Right. So, we think, you know, uh, we both like Batman's rogues gallery, so... Let's do Batman's rogues gallery. Let's so, do a top ten so list. Le- so, let's go into the uh, Battle Files. Battle Files. All right, so, yeah, we got a... We were going to do some top five Batman's villains. Yeah, but, but it ended up being like the same five, and it's like, that kind of sucks. Well, not only that, but we did do top ten for Spider-Man, so sure. it's only fair we did top ten for Batman. Yeah, everybody deserves ten bad guys. Right. So, do uh, you want to go ahead and start us off here? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. We're uh, start with number ten for me here is Catwoman. Okay. Uh, Selina Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, first appearance, Batman number one as the cat. Yep. Uh, here's an insane twist here. She's really obsessed with cats. Uh, it's... <laughs> Too bad men are dogs. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess the crowning moment she would have as a villain would be, you know, kind of shacking up with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So that's pretty much Catwoman there. Now, why, why'd she make your list, I guess? like She's hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut um, Now, for me, my number ten was uh, Penguin. I, okay. Now, I liked Catwoman only because, when you, going back to what you said, why yeah. she made the list. She does, she is a good villain for Batman. Mm-hmm. She does kind of... It's kind of like a psychotic woman, so that's always good to have. Right. Except when it's real life. That's, right. That's a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, she does walk a little bit the good side to the bad side. Um, Which is probably why she's so low on your list. Yeah. Okay. But it's not as... The same kind of character, I guess, as um, Felicia Hardy as a Catwoman and Spider-Man. Black Cat. Black mm-hmm. Cat, yeah. But I like her more. Okay. Okay. She, she shows She shows more breath. Boobs are hanging out. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Are you done now? Go ahead, number 10. Okay. <laughs> number 10 for me is uh, Penguin. Yes. Uh, his first appearance was Detective Comics number 58, uh, which was December of 1941. So he's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, his real name is Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot. 
Cobblepot. And uh, everyone knows he's the guy that walks around with the umbrellas that have like machine guns in them and all that type of stuff. But the reason why he made my list is I like what they're doing with him now, which he's kind of an informant for Batman, mm-hmm. but he's still the mob boss type of guy. Yeah, yeah. And I like him better when he's a mob boss rather than being a direct villain of Batman. I like it when he's kind of yeah. directing the minions. I, I kind of prefer both. Actually, Penguin is number, my number nine. Okay. So, like you said, all the reasons there, and a, a little little thing here is uh, I found a little tidbit here. He's, he's one of the only few Batman villains that doesn't go to Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. he's not crazy. I never thought about that. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He goes to jail. Yeah. Because he's not insane like the rest of no. them. He's just a... He has a little bit of a bird fetish, though. Well, <laughs> I don't know if those are fetishes. I don't but... know if that makes it crazy or not. My number nine was Bane. Ooh, okay, Bane. Um, yeah. His first appearance was Batman Vengeance of Bane number one, which is January of 1983. He's the guy that's known as the guy that broke the bat, because he broke Batman's bat. Yeah. Put him in a chair. And he was really smart about it. He, yeah. He, like, released all the inmates from Arkham, so Batman got tired fighting all of them over several days. And then when Batman was at his weakest, that's when Bane stepped in. Whatever. And Bane is actually appearing now in the comic book Secret Six, and that's yeah. actually a really good comic. Yeah. It's I haven't based, read it, but you said it was pretty good. Yeah, easy. it's, I mean, it's your bad guys being the main focal point, so. How can, can it go wrong, how, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, Bane, number nine. Number eight for me, I have uh, Mr. Freeze. Okay. Victor Freeze. Uh, first appearance is Batman number 121. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a control freak who sees freezing te- techniques as a way to control an unstable world. He went truly nuts when he lost his uh, love of his life, Nora. Uh, she succumbed to a mystery illness. Right. I don't know exactly how she died, but I guess his crowning moment here is a recent appearance of City of Crime storyline. Utterly dysfunctional freeze here. He kept Batman uh, one step away from finding a missing girl. Okay. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, Mr. Freeze, for me, has always been one of those villains where I feel like he doesn't belong in the Batman universe. I liked him a lot more before I saw the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Oh, Mr. yeah. Freeze. Yeah, that's awful. But, but yeah, I mean, I always liked Victor Freeze. Yeah. Number eight for me was Catwoman. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the only, only one thing that you hadn't mentioned was uh, her first appearance. You mentioned where at, but it was spring of 1940. Okay. So uh, she's one of his earliest villains. She actually, you might not know this, she actually had a baby. Oh, okay. With Did she lick it to clean it? Slam Bradley was a detective. His son, she ended up having a baby with him. But she ended up talking with Bruce because she realized she would never be able to protect the baby. And they arranged it so this way the baby would be taken away to adoptive care. They found a good family for him. But she would never know who it was. She would never be able to get in contact with the baby. It was kind of DC's way of pretending she never had the baby. Yeah. And they could probably bring it back at a later time. They could always bring it back at a later time. The kitten. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my number eight. Uh, Number seven for me is uh, Harley Quinn. Okay. Harlan Quinzel. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, First appearance is Batman, Harley Quinn. Little uh, twist here is uh, she's the the Joker's, uh, she was the Joker's, I guess, psychologist. Yeah. Uh, But the Joker managed to turn her into an insane groupie. Well, and she always, yeah, and in some stories, she's all she always was interested in the Joker Mm -hmm. and actually romantically romantically loved him, and she used her skills and her background to get herself uh, a meeting with him. Right, and and that's the the achievement thing I have here is rejected by the Joker as a love interest. She actually arrived on Poison Ivy's doorstep intent on getting revenge, but she actually got a physical major upgrade. Yeah, 
So, um, and she's one of uh, the few characters that appeared in Batman the animated series first before she ever appeared in comics. Oh, okay. So she actually appeared in the cartoon first. My number seven was Two Face. Okay. Harvey Dent. Yeah. Uh, district Attorney at one point. He first appeared in Detective Comics number 66, which was August of 1942. So again, been around for quite a while. Oh, wow, yeah. He has a split personality, which he makes all his decisions with a coin that he flips. One side's scarred, one side's not, just like him. Yeah. Uh, interesting thing with him was during the Hush story, he actually, Hush actually repaired his face, and that actually repaired his personality defect. And to the point when... During 52, when Bruce Wayne decided he was going to, or Batman decided he was going to leave Gotham for a while, he was going to be gone for a year, Mm -hmm. he asked Harvey to protect the city. And Harvey agreed to, and as time went on, he got a little bit more ruthless and a little bit more ruthless, and eventually he kind of snapped again and massacred his own face again. Nice. So it was a pretty gruesome scene, too. Nice. Uh, Number number six for me is actually the Scarecrow. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Crane. Uh, first appearance here is World's Finest Comics number three. Uh, and then a little twist here is uh, Scarecrow wants nothing less than everyone in Gotham to be afraid as he once was. Oh, yeah. So he wants to make everybody just paranoid and feared. Also, side note here is uh, producing a long-lasting fear in Batman during Dark Victory that turned the Dark Knight into a paranoid loner unable to accept help from anyone. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, I know how he plays on the fear of everybody. Oh, yeah, I love that. that. And he's actually a professor of fear. Exactly. Which I love. My number six was Mr. Zaz. Okay. He first appeared in Batman Shadow of the Bat number one of June of 1992. He's more or less just your common serial killer. Yeah. But with a little bit of a twist. I like what they're, again, I like what they're doing with him recently where he, you're seeing what he sees, which is you're seeing people as if they're already yeah, dead, dead and yeah. how he's going to kill them and all that type of stuff. And what he does is he kills the people and then he sets them up in poses as yeah. if they're alive. Yeah. And then he leaves the scene. And then what he does is he marks his own skin with a scar. Cut, he's a cutter. He cuts himself yeah. and he's got he's, he says he has a special place for when he takes out Batman. Yeah. So it's very interesting. It's penis. <laughs> That's the only thing I can figure out. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Roll a little romantic involvement there. All right, your number five. Uh, number five, Bane. Uh, you've already went through a lot of that. Uh, you know, unknown, really, first name here is unknown. Right. First appearance, yeah, obviously, uh, Batman Vengeance of the Bane, number one. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically what you said, breaking Batman's back. He's pretty much known for that. Yep. Uh, my number five was Scarecrow, so you kind of covered him. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, the time period was fall of 1941. One cool thing with him was Bat, uh, Batman Bruce Wayne had been missing for a while recently, mm-hmm. and so that's the only thing that uh, Scarecrow is scared of, so he wasn't feeling any fear, and then during Blackest Night, when he actually got a yellow Sinestro ring, he finally was able to feel what fear really feels like, so he became a yellow lantern for a brief period of time, and they're actually making a figure of that, yeah, which is yeah. awesome, but I love that idea of, like, he's not scared of anything except Batman, and... For a brief moment, he was actually able to feel what everyone fear everyone's fear is, and he loved it. Yeah. So, it was a really cool scene. Uh, number four for me is actually Two-Face. Uh, like you said, Harvey Dent, Detective Comics, number 66. Basically, I have another little thing here to piggybacking off of what you said here. It says there have been many great two-timing moments, but none as satisfying as when Two-Face actually betrayed and shot Hush. Oh, okay, yeah. So it goes back to where he helped him out, yep. fixed his face, and yep. he shot him. Shot him, yep. So I like that. 
Um, my number four was uh, Ray Jagul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, his first appearance was uh, Batman 232 of June of 1971. Yep. Uh, his name actually means Demon's Head in Arabic. He's kind of like an eco-terrorist. Uh, he sees the bat. He knows the Batman's secret identity. Yeah. And he actually wants his daughter Talia to uh, provide him an heir, and they actually do, which is Damien, who is the current, current Robin. Robin, yeah. So, pretty cool there. Yeah, I like that. Uh, number three for me is actually Poison Ivy. Okay. Uh, real name is Pamela Isley. First appearance, Batman number one eighty one. Her blood is quite literally toxic, uh, but her pheromone scent is absolutely intoxicating. Yes. So she uses that to her advantage. Little achievement here is um, forcing a truce with Batman that allowed her some control over Gotham City, and it takes a usually turns you know in a, like some sex appeal here uh, to have the uh, you know she kind of makes men you know pine for her yeah. I guess and. And then they uh, battle they for her and all that they type of stuff. fight for her, yeah. Yep. So she, she gets off on that. Yep. Uh, my number three was Hush. Okay. Who we've kind of mentioned a little bit, but we've his first appearance him. was uh, 609, Batman 609, uh, November of 2002, so a very recent character. Yeah. His name was Thomas Tommy Elliott. Uh, he was a childhood, childhood friend of Bruce Wayne uh, who had a similar life, except he was not cared for as much as Bruce was. He actually just recently had his face redone to look like Bruce Wayne. So he's actually impersonating So he's actually impersonating <laughs> Bruce Wayne right now yeah. while Bruce Wayne is dis- has disappeared. It's like single white female. With well and it's actually yeah. It's actually helping him helping uh there be a Batman and a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, at the same time. At the same sure. time or when Batman disappeared, Bruce Wayne didn't disappear. It's like kind of Hugo Strange when he put the yeah. stuff on. But it's kind of like all of a sudden Bruce Wayne isn't Bruce Wayne's around but Batman wasn't. And then Bruce Wayne wasn't around and Batman was. It, like, you could piece the two together. Yeah, well, yeah. now both of them are around, so people don't make that equation yeah, anymore. They don't say, yeah. And what's actually happening with him right now is all the heroes have been, There's Heroes are getting shift duty with Hush yeah. to make sure he doesn't screw up Bruce Wayne's yeah. life. It's awesome. Spend all his money and yeah. go through it all. So. Uh, number two for me is actually uh, Raj Agul. Okay. Uh, again, like you said, Batman 232 here. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is. He actually believes the only way to save the world is to kill off the majority of humanity and start fresh. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought that was a pretty nice little uh, yeah, that's pretty sweet tidbit there about him. <laughs> and right now he's an albino. Who ain't right? Well, I've <laughs> well, been in the sun a lot, so I'm kind of pretty tan here. My number two is a very obscure character, which is uh, the Red Hood. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, now the first appearance of a Red Hood was Detective Comics. Uh, number 168, February of 1951. Mother Goose, Little Red Riding Hood. No. <laughs> That's the first appearance of a Red Hood. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I got it right Do you know what year that is? <laughs> 1932. Okay. Oh, I don't know. So he was actually an employee that was looking to steal from the company that employed him, but then he ended up falling into a vat of chemicals, and this is actually one of the many origins of the Joker. Yeah, that smells and, like uh, Michael Keaton, Batman yeah, number one. Exactly. And that's where they got it from. But... That's only one of the Joker's origins. Yeah, there's a it's lot. It's really man. not known which one's the right one. But that was the first appearance of the of a Red Hood. Now, the Red Hood that I like is my number two is actually Jason Todd. Yeah, who has come back from the dead, and he first appeared in Batman number six thirty five, December of two thousand four. So my most recent character. Mm-hmm. He was the formerly the second Robin. He was actually killed by the Joker, and based on some events that happened with if Infinite Crisis. He came back from the dead, and there's actually a book out there right now. It's called Red Hood, uh, The Lost Days. Yeah, they're doing a video. 
And they're doing a video. It's called uh, Batman Under the Hood. Yeah. And or under the red hood, I think. Under it the is. red hood, I think. Yeah. And it comes out the end of this month. Yeah, which should be a good one, guys. Um, pick it up. But the the actual comic book of the Lost Days, Red Hood, the Lost Days. I read the first issue. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's amazing. I haven't read it. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to let really you good, borrow yeah. that one. Uh, so number one for me is probably number one for you. I'm imagining. Oh yeah, Joker. Can you have <laughs> any other number yeah. one villain? Yeah, Joker. Uh, what I have here is uh, his real name. It depends on his current psychosis at the time. Who he yeah. thinks he is. Uh, Batman number one. Spring um, of 1940. There you go. So, little moment here. Crippling Barbara Gordon uh, was uh, recently a hoot for the Joker, but the greatest Joker moment was when he actually beat Robin, Jason Todd, right, with a crowbar and blew him up. And here's another thing too. He actually uh, murdered Sarah Essen Gordon, which was Jim uh, Jim Gordon's second wife. Yeah. So he crippled Barbara Gordon, killed James Gordon's second wife, and killed. Jason Todd. Some people are going to be kind of pissed with yeah. him. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing that I have. Here it goes uh, one of the explanations you said how he got like the Red Hood had many different uh, yeah. backstories here. This one says about the Joker following the accidental death of his pregnant wife, Joe Kerr falls into a vat of chemicals while uh, being pursued by Batman. The bleached skin and green hair are just the start of his madness. Right. And actually, that ends up being another one of those stories of his origin. Yeah. Because he goes by the alias of Joe Kerr yeah. very often. Joker. So, we don't know what his origin no. is. Yeah, we don't know unknown. why he's there, but that works so perfectly. I hope they never do an origin story. They, you don't, I don't need it. Because it works because Batman is order and Joker is chaos. Yeah. And I think the Dark Knight movie... Said oh, it the perfectly. Joker. They said it perfectly in awesome. that movie that the Joker will never kill Batman because he's too much fun, and the Batman will never kill a Joker because he has this moral code. Yeah. And that's how it always should be. Yeah, you need me and I need you. Right. Alright, well, that's... No, no, save the best for last. Let's announce the contest. That's what I was going into. I thought you were going to wrap it up. No. Let's do this. The moment that everyone's been waiting for, we are going to wrap up after this, but uh, we saved the best for last. Uh, It has been announced on Facebook already. So if you're following us on Facebook, you guys got it first. And the winner actually probably has already received his package from us. Yeah, you got my package, baby. You got your hands all (laughs) over my package. So by the time this comes out, he already has his prize. But our winner was Ryan Mays. Yes, congratulations. And no affiliation to me. No relation. (laughs) (laughs) But you can actually see his image that he presented to us. It's on on our website. It's on our website and it's on our Facebook page. It looks great. Um, I am going to post up all the submissions that we received, but his was a combination of all the villains that are out there. He just did a really great concept. Uh, very good artist. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, um, but he received. It was, it was a tough choice, but it, it was, was it was good. Yeah, it was definitely a tough choice. We received a f- numerous not, entries. Yeah, we didn't receive a ton of entries, but we received quite a few. It was double digits. Um, it was done. No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> it wasn't double digits. Are you sure? Yes. Probably like twelve or thirteen. No, we received like seven. Seven. <laughs> and three of them were from Ryan. <laughs> Well, hey, you can enter as much as you like. But yeah, you can enter as much as you wanted, and I let people know that he. We did get, we did get, uh, you know, Photoshop. Right, we got a Photoshop image. We did get custom figures. Yes, we did get uh, drawings of people. Yeah, famous and and not famous. And we even just got a pseudo famous. We even just got a concept one that was submitted to us. A concept one, yeah. um, Where it was just, hey, this is my idea. Yeah. So and hey, we 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 kind of liked it. We actually had Eric Ridgeway was the concept guy. He uh, submitted. He says, I'd like to do, I wanted to do an Optimus head 
with He-Man's upper body, Duke's pants, and Lionel's arm with his sword. Yeah. It's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, sword of moments. I like that. We had uh, Grant Miller from yeah. the Geek Savants. He submitted, he's a very good artist, he submitted uh, Snake Eyes with Yoda on his back, and Snake Eyes had a lightsaber. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Snake Eyes training on Dagobah. Yeah, and I will say that Grant's was probably the best artistically, but Ryan's was really good artistically and concept-wise. Yeah. Like, I liked all the elements that he threw in there. Grant had awesome concept, but it had two elements, Ryan's had like four elements yeah, in it. Yeah, really it was good. really yeah. intricate. And Rock, the beefy, chicky legs, I, those are He-Man legs. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Rock, we had, uh, he sent us a custom figure. Yeah, a custom figure. It's like Stormtrooper, no. Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow's head on a Stormtrooper's Storm body. body. Yeah. And it had so like a Cobra logo on his Cobra chest. Cobra logo yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I like it. And then we had Diablo Monkey. Yes. Uh, I only know that from his email address. Email, yeah. But he sent us a Photoshop image. Which took a bunch of images from the toy lines. Yeah, and fused and them together. Fused them together, and it was really cool because he was able to get like a lightsaber uh, inside like Optimus Prime's hand. Yeah, and, with a flint head. and Yeah, and it looked really good. And he put the Star Joe's logo on it. He put our logo on it, we liked that. That so was awesome. We really classic. liked that. So it was a tough decision. Yeah, it was, it was really, really tough. tough. But in the end, Ryan did, un- did end up winning. Uh, like I said, he did send three entries in. That's not why he won. But he sent in three different Im- uh, images. One was a bunch of heroes mashed together. Yeah, and was, one uh, was all the females the mashed together. The females, yeah. I like together. the females one. So yeah, I did nice. too. That was really good. We will post all of the entries on our website and Facebook page. But now is the important time, which is our... Uh, runner-up drawing. Runner-up drawing, which is a drawing. And Ryan, unfortunately, you are not in this drawing because you were the grand prize winner. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is between Rock, Eric, Mon- Diablo Monkey, and Grant Miller. Yes. So I have them all folded up here, and I'm going to let Chuck oh, man. pick the winner here. Oh, man. Uh, out of all of these. All these. All these. So you're going to... And it is Grant Miller. All right. So uh, Grant Miller of Geek Savants. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Grant. I will be in contact with you on getting an address so that we can send you the runner-up package. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of great things. It has the G.I. Joe 155 and a half. It has some video games. Yeah, it has some good stuff. Some yeah, movies. movies. Yeah. A bunch of stuff. So uh, with that, the contest well, Thanks ended. for participating in the first Star Joe's contest. It yeah. was fun. And we, we had, had a lot of fun. We'll probably do another one. Uh, yeah, and I think we're going to actually do one fairly soon, so stay tuned for that. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I have an idea for a contest coming up. So okay. um, it's going to be very simple. It's not going to be as elaborate as a paint the studio no, contest. <laughs> no, it's not going to be as elaborate as the last one. It's going to be simply, if you're listening to us, you'll be able to enter the contest. Oh, okay. Um, it's going to be very simple to do. I listen. Um, yeah, but you also produce. Okay. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> All right. Contribute. <laughs> yes. So, all right, all right so, well, with yeah, that being for, said, uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, about the contact information. Yeah, contact information. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to the comic forums, which is thecomicforums.com. They're back up now. They're back up. You can reach us at, uh, you find us at starjoes.com, which actually has a link to our Facebook page. Yeah. As well as our forums. Yeah, and we're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Look please, us up there. Leave please us a review. Please leave us a review. We have not received a review in a long time. Yeah, let's, so let's please, get a review going. Yeah. Please leave us a review there. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, which is... We are tweeting. Which is Star Joe's uh, Podcast. OU812 is tweeting. Yeah, OU812 leaves a post every now and then about what he's doing. So uh, he might leave a post about how he wants to annihilate your parents. He might be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close the show by uh, saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Later.